Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. So on Good Friday, we, we would hope that we come out here so that we can uh, honour and to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And then we will all meet here again in, a, in not too many hours to celebrate his resurrection. And, uh, and I just love how we do that as the church world, worldwide. Um, but, you know, in the final hours of Jesus' life, an incident took place that was of such significance that all four gospel writers felt the need to put it into their gospel. And as you guys would know who have read your Bible, that, you know, there are some miracles that are repeated, but many are not. Many parables that are repeated, but there are many that are not. And the ones that are repeated obviously must have been so important or incidents must have been so important that none of them wanted to miss it and they wanted us to read about it in every single gospel that we read. And, um, and what we're going to talk about today is actually repeated in all four gospels. And Jesus had just been tried by the Jewish synagogue and the chief priests and they had found him guilty of crimes. Man, I'm really emotional today. <laughs> Okay. It's good that it still means something to me, isn't it? Yes. After 15 years of preaching on Good Fridays, you'd think. It's awesome. He was found completely guilty when he was a completely innocent man. Have, look at the extremes of that. He was punished to death for something he didn't do. Like, and so we pick up the story in Matthew 27, verses 11 to 14, and it says, Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus said. When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, do you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge. To the great amazement of the governor. I think that's in there for a reason. To the great amazement of the person who was asking him, are you guilty or not? Jesus didn't utter a word, and the governor couldn't understand it. And you'll see in a moment why. Because the governor, Pilate, was setting up something here to try and help Jesus. Meanwhile, downstairs in the dungeon, there's a man called Barabbas. How many of us have heard about Barabbas? Yeah, yeah. Who was Barabbas? Well, Barabbas was a bad boy. Actually, if there was a mini-series back in the day called The Gangs of Jerusalem, there would be a mini-series about Barabbas. They used to call him the Triple B, the bad boy Barabbas. He was this guy, that's, he, you know what I mean? Like, if it was today, he would have the hat, the cap with the chains, and, and he, was, he was basically a bit of a hitman, and he, was, and he was a murderer, and he had killed people, and he was rebellious, and he was a very, very bad man. Actually, the Bible refers to him as a notorious criminal. 
He was a thief and he was a robber. And this guy is down there in the jail. And some scholars believe that the two thieves that were crucified either side of Jesus were actually his friends. And he was supposed to be the person that was going to be number three. But because of the whole trial with Jesus and the rush from the chief priest wanting to crucify him, they held things off. But you know, they say that from that prison, you can actually see the hill, Golgotha. And he could see his friends being crucified, Barabbas. And he could hear them crying out in agony, knowing that he was going to be up there too. Knowing. Imagine knowing you're going to be crucified. Do you know, do you know crucifixion, I know we wear crosses and we sort of, in some ways, glorify it. But did you know it was the worst form of torture a person could go through? It was developed by the Romans. Go Italians. Uh, we love you guys. You've developed a Ferrari, but you also developed cruci- crucifixion, okay? All right, so don't get too far ahead of yourselves, all right? We love your pasta, all right? And we love your cannellonis, but you also developed this stuff, right? But anyway, moving right along. We'll get to the Greeks later. Do you know, do you know that this is where we get the word, listen to it, excruciating. Excruciating. It literally means, it's a Latin word, which means the pain that one experiences while being crucified. So be careful with that word. Oh, driving to work was excruciating. Really? Really. It was like being crucified on a cross with nails in your hands. Well, for some of you, maybe. And so then we see this whole thing take place. So Barabbas is downstairs. Jesus is upstairs. And Pilate then comes up with this plan. And the plan was that he was going to use the opportunity because they had a tradition in the day where one prisoner would be released during the Passover. And so he had a grand plan. And his plan was that he would get the worst prisoner to come up onto the platform with Jesus. And so he basically puts the call out and he says to his soldiers, listen, I want you to go downstairs. I want you to find the worst guy in the prison. I want you to find the guy that everybody would say, that person is not great for our society. Find the person that no matter who, no matter what side of the fence they're on, they would say, that guy's a bad person. Find the person that nobody would really want. Society has rejected. They're actually quite happy for him to be crucified. Get that guy, put him up here. And then when we compare him with Jesus, the contrast is going to be so great that he's trying to force the hand of the, of, of the crowd to choose Jesus. Because as we all know, Pilate didn't want to see Jesus crucified. And so they bring him up. And you could just imagine Barabbas coming up the stairs. And Barabbas is thinking that this is it for him. He doesn't know there's this whole thing going on up there. And as he's coming up, he's thinking, I'm going to be crucified. Could you imagine being Barabbas walking up the stairs knowing that you're about to be put onto a cross and be crucified? That's what he was thinking he was coming up the stairs for. But as he gets there, he sees that something else is going on and he looks over and he sees Jesus bound and he's looking pretty beaten because I'd already beaten him up a few times. And, and Barabbas looks over and he says, oh, I think I know that guy. That's the guy that's been doing good around town. That's the guy that's been healing people, raising dead people. And then, and then it dawns on him, oh my, uh-oh. This is the whole thing where people get to choose who they want. 
And you can imagine Barabbas thinking, there's not a chance they're going to choose me. I'm a known criminal. He's a good man. He's thinking there's not a chance. And Pilate insisted that it was going to be like that. And so Pilate puts the call out, and here's the call. Who do you choose today, Barabbas or Jesus? Now, you've got to understand, you know, in high school, remember they used to have teams? Remember? I was never the captain. It was always one of my friends here that were always the captains because they were sports people, right? I was the little wog, lebo kid <laughs> that had his big salami sandwiches, and, right? And so they used to have the two, remember they used to have two captains? And then everyone would line up and then people, and then the two captains would go, I pick you. Remember, remember that? Yeah. And, right? Yep. Yep. You know who was never picked, right? <laughs> anyway, God bless you. <laughs> Seriously, I was never picked because I couldn't really play any sports. If you wanted to know how to pick up some shields, no, that's that's terrible. I couldn't bat, I couldn't bowl, I couldn't really kick a footy, so I wasn't going to get picked for the team. Now listen, if if you don't get picked for the team, I know that may have hurt you, but can you understand in this situation, Barabbas really wanted to be picked as the person Can you understand how he would really want to be picked as the person that gets released? This is more than just a cricket game and a footy game. And he really, 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 really wanted to be picked. But how much of a chance do you think he had against someone so good, so holy, so beautiful? And he's thinking, there's not a chance. Now, historians tell us that when these two people would come up, that what would start to happen is this person would start to accuse this person or should I say, just tell the whole crowd what this person had done. Choose me. This person's a murderer. Choose me. This person's guilty. Choose me. This person hurt young kids. Choose me. This person hurts people. Choose me. This person doesn't pay back their debts. And they, and they would hurl accusations at each other, trying to convince the crowd, trying to convince the crowd, choose me. I'm the better person. That's what would happen in this case. Now you can start to understand why Pilate says, what are you doing? This is your opportunity to try and convince the crowd that you're a good guy. Why are you saying nothing when we are throwing these accusations at you? Why are you saying nothing? Why are you saying nothing? You've done nothing wrong. I know for a fact you've done nothing wrong. My wife even had a dream, the Bible tells us. And she says, don't touch this guy. He's completely innocent. And Pilate is almost begging him, say something. Just tell us that you're the son of God. Do what you want. But why are you standing there so quietly? And so here they go. And so Pilate's about to put the call out and he's about to say, who do you want? And you can see Barabbas is getting ready. But guess what? Barabbas is over here thinking, what do I accuse the guy of? I've got nothing to say. So he's, he's completely silent. I've got nothing to say. And Jesus is over here who's got everything to say. But he's also completely silent. Who do you choose? And both of the prisoners are just there, very quiet. But Barabbas was waiting for Jesus to say something. I'm better than this man. He deserves to die. I've done nothing wrong. But he's silent. Completely silent. Nothing. No condemnation. No guilt. No accusations from Jesus. 
that day. Well, as we know, the crowd turns and they actually ask for Barabbas to be released. Now, I've heard many, many, many messages that this scenario represents Jesus and his walk. And, this, and Barabbas represents the world and sin. And I've heard many messages where, where preachers will say, and it's, it's, it's a great message, it's awesome. Choose, do you want Barabbas? Do you want sin? Do you want the world? Do you want the way the world works? Or do you want Jesus? I've heard many messages about that. But if you actually read the context of this story, that's not what happened here, friend. Barabbas doesn't represent the world or sin or darkness. He represents broken humanity. He represents someone whose marriage didn't work out. He represents someone who's trying to overcome an addiction. He's a, he's a human being. He doesn't represent the world and ugliness. He represents, he represents what God loves. He represents, he represents the human race. He represents people that Jesus loved. Friends, in this story, it's often portrayed that we are the crowd and we get to choose between the world and Jesus. Friends, we are not the crowd in this story. The Bible tells us that the crowd was full of religious Pharisees. You don't want to be the crowd. Well, and we are certainly not Pilate. We don't, we, we're not the person presenting the options. We are certainly not Jesus. Who are we? We are Barabbas. Every person in the room, you are, you and I, we are Barabbas. We are, listen, we, we have done things wrong. We are deserving of death. We are deserving of punishment. And we are, we've done the wrong thing. And there's Jesus who's done nothing wrong, but yet he refuses to condemn us. He refuses to say, you're terrible and you're bad and I don't love you. He just refuses. He refuses to do that. He refuses. Friends, the crowd didn't set Barabbas free that day. Jesus set him free that day. With one word, Jesus could have changed that scenario and he would have ended up on a cross. But Jesus didn't allow him. Jesus set Barabbas free that day. You know, I just imagine when people were choosing, I could imagine on the inside Barabbas would have been saying, please, please God, let them say release Barabbas. Please God, let them say release. That's what he would, wouldn't you, wouldn't you have been saying that? God, please let them say release Richard. God, please let them say release Richard. That's what I'd be praying. And guess what? I think he was. And I think Jesus was whispering under his breath too. God, please let them release Barabbas. God, please let them release Barabbas. Wow. Because he could have changed that scenario for him, but he didn't. He allowed it to happen. Why? So that he could go free and that he would pay the price that he was supposed to pay. Friends, Jesus did it that day. And he did it the next day, and he's been doing it for the last 2,000 years, and he continues to do it, and he'll even do it today. He'll even do it today. Do you know there's always hidden meanings in the, in, in the Bible? Do you know what the name Barabbas means? Bar is son of, Abbas is the father. His name, his name actually means son of the father who's lost. That's what Barabbas means. Guess what? That is your name. You're a child of God. 
You are Barabbas. I'm Barabbas. I'm a son of the Father. You're a daughter of the Father. But we're a bit lost. We're a bit lost. But there's a Jesus who wants to set us free. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a huge round of applause. I love this. Come on, it's a very familiar passage to us, but maybe some of you have never read this before. Friends, this is what Jesus was trying to do that day, and he accomplished it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Come on, let's read it out together. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. Wow! Jesus took your sin so that you don't have to pay the price for yours. He swapped places with you, friend. I just imagine Jesus, you know, we've titled this whole day, You Are The One. Because, friends, what happened that day is Jesus was standing there, knowing what was coming his way. But I believe Jesus was looking at Barabbas thinking, Barabbas, you're the first person I am dying for. Jesus loved him. He doesn't represent the world and ugliness. He represents what my Savior loved the most, people. Barabbas doesn't represent. He's a human being. He had a mum and a dad and a life, but he got lost. He got lost. And Jesus says, Barabbas, you're the first one. You're the one. And there's going to be more. There's going to be more. And one day in 1988, it was me. And for some of you, in 2018, two months ago, it was you. Jesus is still doing this. And today, today, he's going to do the same thing again. He's going to continue to release and set others free. I wonder what Barabbas did after he was released. Can you imagine how he was feeling when they came and started undoing his chains and saying, you're free? And he's thinking, are you kidding me? Ten minutes ago, I thought I was going to be up on that hill. But now I've got a whole life ahead of me. Is that right? I wonder what he did. I wonder whether he turned back and even said, thank you. Or did he just get on with his life? And some of us are thinking, you know what, if he just walked off, if he, imagine he just walked off and didn't bother saying thank you. If he did that, I'll tell you what, mate, a little bit of northern suburbs going to come out of me, mate. But you know what, we, we can do that. Quite easily. Do you know, I'm telling you right now, this is what the Bible says. It tells us very clearly what, what God has done for us. Romans 5.8, it says, it says, God showed us his great love by sending Christ to die for us while we were still yes. sinners. Yeah. Friends, you know, whether you are in a relationship with Jesus or not, do you know Jesus has already died for you? Yeah. My question to you is, friend, have you gone back to say thank you? Wow. Have you gone back to say thank you for what he did for you? Because he died on a cross that he didn't have to die on to save you from dying on a cross that you did have to die on. He took your place. Today's the day, if you have never done this, to come back and say, Jesus, I didn't quite realize what you did. Thank you. Thank you. I receive it. Thank you so much for helping me to not be the sort of person that has to go and now die on a cross again. I really hope that he went on to do something great with his life. Yeah. Let me just close by just giving you a couple of points here. 
Can I ask you a question? Please yell out nice and loud, because we really need to get this into our spirit. Did Barabbas do anything to earn him being released? No. Come on, guys. That's a bit easy, isn't it? Are you serious? He didn't have to do anything. See, if I, this is, you should be thankful I'm not Jesus. Because if I, had have done, if I had have been there that day, I would have said, okay, Barabbas, look, I'm going to die for you on the cross, okay? I'm happy to swap it out. But listen, if you don't get to life group, I'll chase you down. I'll put you on a cross. But you, did you notice that there were no... Did you understand? He didn't say, look, Barabbas, I'm going to do this for you. But listen, you better join the car park, boys. <laughs> Bit of a shout out to car park boys. For those of you who don't know, it's our car park team, right? They've got this whole cult thing going on. Out there. <laughs> Nothing. Barabbas just got to walk off free. And whether he chose to serve God or not, live for him or not, Jesus was still going to go to the cross for him. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to just say to you, listen, don't, don't come to Jesus because you feel like you've got to do something. No, no, just respond to what he has done. Just respond because he's done so much for us already. All we're doing is we're just responding. That's all we're doing. Jesus didn't do a deal that day. Jesus gave Barabbas a second chance. I'm telling you right now, I want to look, if I could look you all in the eye one by one, but maybe if you all look at me. There we go, we just did it. Let me tell you something. When God sets you free, he doesn't just set you free so that you can find yourself back in that dungeon, ready to be crucified all over again. Listen, the reason that he set you free so that you can get on with your life now. This is the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance that you were looking for. He wants to set you free. He wants you to go forward now. He wants you to be able to take. Come on, guys. I agree. He wants you to go forward, take up your second chance, live a big life, accomplish your dream. He didn't just set you free so that, oh, great, my sins are all gone, and then just live this average, boring, religious. That's not what, that's not what, he, what he's done. No, no, he, he set you free so that you could go live a life large. That's what he's done. And I tell you what, Barabbas would have had a little bit of a story to tell. But I want to tell you something. Your past is not going to dictate your future, friend. You just need to acknowledge, yeah, the way I was living was not, wasn't, was not great. That's, that's, not, that's not the plan that God had for me. But friends, it's never going to stop you achieving what, everything that God has also got for you. And I know that for some of you, you feel like you've wasted a lot of time. You feel like you've wasted a lot of time living a confused life. Living a life that's not full. And you're wondering, you know what, I think I've wasted a lot of my time. I don't think... I want to tell you right now, if you've got breath in your body, God's still got a plan for you. God's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got things that he needs you to do. You know, the Bible is full from cover to cover of someone like Moses who was 80 years old and just getting started. Just getting started, friends. Don't miss the opportunity. Number one, to be set free. Number two, go live the life you're dreaming of. You know, you don't have to beg God for a big life. God says, oh, man, that's the whole reason I set you free. This, this is the way Jesus put it. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He says, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Wow. God's got a purpose for your life. It's not just to set you free. It's to give you a rich and satisfying life. You want to honor God. The, the, the greatest way to honor him is take everything that he has made available to you. When you do that, 
he just goes, wow. Actually, what he says is, wow, Barabbas. Wow, sons of the Father. That's your name. Sons, daughters of the Father. Anyone glad to be set free? I can't forget. I can't forget what he's done. Come on. I know that there's people in this place. You want to, you want to go back and say thank you to him. It's awesome. Today's the day to do it. How do you do that? We're going to pray a prayer in a moment. Just ask him to be in your life. If he set you free, why wouldn't you want him in your life? Why wouldn't you? If he's already paid the price for you, why wouldn't you just go and receive it? And then there's some of us that we've received it a long time ago. Come on, step into the bigger things now that God's got for you. Next level for you. Come on. Let me encourage you. God's got so much for you. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.